This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Book the Pod. Everybody and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Overcast. Joining me as always to talk all things Washington Capitals, my buddy Coach Dan. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm doing good. The caps are looking good. Uh, let's start off the show with uh, the most basic of questions here. Are the caps good again? <laughs> did is that real? Did this is, did this something did a flip switch or switch flip? I don't know what I'm saying anymore, but what is going on? The caps on a little bit of a run here. He's so shocked that they're good <laughs> again that he doesn't even he can't speak. Uh, you know what? They're not half bad, I no. think. I mean, since we last talked, they went 3-0 and with wins over New Jersey, the Islanders, and a shutout of the defending Stanley Cup champions, Vegas Golden Knights. That's a weird sentence. And they've done it all without their number one goaltender, which is pretty impressive, and a beat-up lineup. And so I think... I think the Caps being good right now, remember, we've talked about this so many times in years past that like there's peaks and valleys to a season and your team is never as bad as they are when they're consistently losing unless you're the Arizona Coyotes and you're never as good as you are during a winning streak. You're you're usually somewhere kind of in the middle. Uh, good teams a little bit, you know, more towards that winning streak style. But I think right now Caps are on a heck of a run since they started the season pretty poorly. I mean, they're what, what, eight of their last nine or something like that, or eight of their last 10 they've won. Uh, they're on a three game winning streak, but not just on a winning streak, but good wins, solid wins, and wins without, or, or wins that taps are testing their depth. And I think all of these things are showing that this is a good team. And right now, you know, everybody's kind of struggling a little bit. We've seen some teams that are kind of not doing as well as we expected, like the, the, at least in the division, the devils penguins are going on a little, they've gone on a little bit of a run. They've won the last five in a row. So they have climbed up the standings, but I think the caps are doing quite well. And if they can keep doing this thing where they win every, you know, three out of four, then it's a good season. But right now they've climbed a second in the division with 18 points There they are tied with Carolina. They're fourth in the East tied with Detroit, Carolina, and Toronto. And they are ninth in the league tied with a bunch of other teams is still early but they're doing quite well they're doing better than anyone expected and i think that's the biggest thing going into this season is that we just did not know what to expect with this team you weren't really sure what you were going to get from i think the only thing we really knew what we were going to get was that we we're going to get solid goaltending outside of that it was a big old question mark in terms of how this team was going to play and i think every game they're getting better and better I agree with you there, and uh, I, I honestly I don't know where I want to start right now. You've hit so many points. Um, Sorry, but it, no, no. Like this is this is a good thing. This is a very good thing because the season did start off kind of poorly. Um, I guess let me start off with this. Last year, last December, if you remember, the Caps had a great December of last season where they were winning that entire month and then things just fell off a cliff and plummeted 
Like, how do we know that this halfway through November isn't like a a false positive almost? Like, how do we know that this isn't like last December where they went on a run and then they're just going to, you know, sputter and 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 kind of, you know, hit a wall going down the road? Because I'm seeing a lot of the same things, you know, lots of injuries, lots of people uh, in and out of the lineup. Uh, Charlie Lindgren is our number one right now. So, like, how, how do we know? I guess we don't, but how, how do you know that this isn't like we, what we saw last December where the team goes on a run and then that's it, just one good month of hockey in the whole season? I mean, the reality is we don't know. Obviously, we can't predict the future, and I think it's going to come down to the coaching staff to show that this isn't a fluke. And I think they're playing against good teams, which has shown that they have the ability to play good hockey and to be a good team themselves. And I think we saw, what was it, Matthew Phillips last night with, you know, towards the end of the game, he's diving with seconds to go in the game to block a shot so that, you know, to keep that shutout alive. I think we're seeing a lot of really solid play throughout the lineup. You know, we're seeing some of the guys like Ovechkin are starting to get a couple of goals here and then you got two in the other game. And I think this is a trend that's going to continue. I think we've seen that with Carberry-led teams in the past where they kind of struggle at the start and then as they go forward they start to play better and better and they go on these winning streaks and it'll be interesting because they have their they have you know a bit of a road trip coming up at the end of the month and so they've they've been able to enjoy a bunch of home games and it'll be interesting to see how they do on the road and sometimes that can be a really um detrimental thing for a team but a road trip also can be a really beneficial thing in terms of like bringing the guys together because you're at home you leave practice you go back you know uh, home i was gonna say you're at your home this is getting out of control but you know you're at home you go home you see your kids or if you if they're you know there's some young guys who maybe don't have kids yet but it's a different environment versus you're on the road and you know after practice you're not gonna go sit in the hotel room like you're gonna go hang out with the boys and you're gonna do stuff and it's you bond and it's opportunity especially with guys in and out of the lineup but it's an opportunity for these guys to continue to build on their rapport to continue to build on the chemistry and that's definitely helpful as they have to switch up uh, players in the lineup due to injuries. And I thought it was interesting to see that the fourth line that Carberry wanted to have before the season, over the summer, he was like, I want a fourth line of Beck Mallinson, Nick Dowd, and Nicholas Aubé Kubel. And we finally have been getting to see those guys together over these last few games, and they're doing quite well. And so it'll be interesting to see as guys start to come back, what decisions are made for this team in terms of how, who's going to be in and out of the lineup, the flexibility that they now have because they're more confident in other players coming in. You know, the defense is going to have to shore things up with the injuries. You know, it's, you're kind of, I don't know, flying by the seat of your pants in terms of like, who's coming. Dylan McElrath was playing, playing well for the caps the other night. But we're starting to see that a couple of guys are practicing and come back soon. And so it's going to be interesting to see what this lineup looks like going forward. Uh, you brought up Nicholas Abe Kubel and talk about a guy who is taking every single chance he's getting and, and putting in 100%. He's a guy that uh, the Capitals signed to a, a somewhat of a big contract. And then it was kind of odd that he was sent down to Hershey and he comes up and in his first game, I mean, he gets a goal. He's looked fantastic. I, I think it'd be kind of difficult to send him back down. I mean, they're going to have to send somebody down because if I'm looking at cap friendly correctly, they have 13 forwards or no, I guess you wouldn't have to. 
right? Because you know, twelve. I can do math. Go me. No, I mean they don't send somebody. It's not somebody down, but you're some. Well, I guess Lapierre is probably potentially on his way down because right now we're looking at injuries and the forward ranks. Like Backstrom, we know he's not coming back probably the rest of the season, if ever. But Max Pacioretty's skating. He's probably getting closer to practicing with the team at the end of the month. But Mantha, who has been out after rupturing his eardrum, gross. Uh, he actually lost hearing in his ear for six days. Yeah. That's crazy. And, like, I, I remember after, was it, I don't know, like a week ago, one of the games, like a week or so ago, they were talking about players who have these little, I never even thought about this before, but, like, they have these little plastic things that go over the ear piece on a helmet and I'm like, yes, please. I'll take one of those. Like, why would you not protect your ears? Right? Like you lose a tooth, whatever they can replace that. You, I mean, you can kind of replace your hearing, but not really nah. not in the same way. Right. So that I feel like is a given, like I can't hear the other guys in the eyes. I don't care. And first of all, yeah, you can like, they're not, th- but like, if it's going to protect you do it. So they're going to have some interesting choices to make. Cause Mantha, as well as Van Riemsdyk and Edmondson all skated in non-contact jerseys today. So I have to imagine they're coming back soon. And in terms of Mantha coming back, that's going to give them an interesting decision in terms of who's going to be getting a Jersey every night. He's, you know, he's starting to do better. He was looking for a hat trick before he got hit with that errant puck. Was it, it was a, it was a shot that like his nets off deflected or something. Yeah, it ricocheted and off. It was an OC yeah. shot, wasn't it? And he uh, it ricocheted off. Oh, was it? I completely had that wrong. It was somewhere he just like, he just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And after having a really good game and took a puck off the ear. Yeah. And like, so can, can we, can we talk about the fact that Mantha has some of the very worst luck there is? Because like, here's a guy that everyone's saying, trade him, trade him, trade him, trade him. And he, he puts in the work again. We've said this every single show got a, a, a mental coach and lost 10 pounds and worked really hard at training camp. And he kept dinging the post throughout training camp. And, and it seemed like he was actually starting to turn things around. Things were actually going his way, gets a two goal game. And then he gets hit in the head with the puck and loses his hearing. Like this guy <laughs> just feels snake bitten. It's he's got a bit of bad luck. It, you know, the only luck he's got is bad luck in DC. And so hopefully that isn't the case anymore going forward. And it's, this is a big season for him because we've talked about this before. He's out of a contract after this one. So he's going to be looking to get paid by somebody, you know, in the summer. So I'm curious to see what happens with him. And I'm curious to see what happens with the lineup when he comes back. Cause if you look at their last game, I'm not entirely sure who's coming out of the lineup. You know, it's obviously not Ovechkin. He plays on the wings. We, you know, it's not Kuznetsov, Strom, McMichael, or Dowd. So, who's coming out? Is it Abe Kubel? Is it Beck Mallinston? Is it Alexi Protis? My guess is it might be Matthew Phillips, especially because he didn't pra- he didn't practice today after blocking that shot. So he might need you know a little bit oh. of time. But I'm curious to see. I'm not saying like injured, injured. It might be like you know he's got a bad bruise or something you know you let the muscles relax and knowing that mantha's coming back you give him a night off to rest but you know is that our our strongest lineup with ovechkin kuznetsov and wilson uh milano strom and mantha protis mcmichael oshi malinson dowd abe kubel that's not bad i'll take that lineup and then you know when patch comes back at the end of the month or or sometime in december then you got to make another decision in terms of who's sitting out you know phillips I think he's at worst, in my opinion, he's he's a guy you can put up in the press box. 
and can fill in, and he's going to work hard, and you know he can sub in. But this team's got some decisions. These are good problems to have, but they're still problems. you got to figure out how to get everybody some minutes. My, I would guess that uh, Protus would be the guy who gets sent down to Hershey. I think it is. It's going to be whoever can, you know, doesn't have to pass through waivers and can just be sent straight down. That's going to be the easiest pick, I would think. But, like, I think of everyone that's on this lineup, I think he would be the first one to go down uh, if if Manta has to come back. Um I think these guys maybe were listening to our show last week where I said, like, you know, guys like Beck Malenstein aren't going to win a Stanley Cup because Beck Malenstein, I thought, had a really good week uh, since we talked last. I, I think having Nick Dowd back. Well, his goal was quite – sorry, his goal in the third period where it was like, all right, we're already up. You know, McMichael scored the empty netter after Strom scored in the first. And then Malenstein's like, well, I'm, I'm getting on the scoreboard. <laughs> and he just went – he like, nice move, went around the goalie. I think it was – Sorry, was it Bailey Johnson who put out a tweet when he scored? One of my favorite things is when fourth-line NHL players remind you that they're still among the very best hockey players in the world. It was a sick goal for Malinson. It was. Malinson? Malinstein? Which is it? I think it's Malinstein. Malinstein? But there's... There should be an E at the end, right? S-D-Y-N-E would be Stein. Beck, you you pronounced your name wrong. I don't know. Let, let's talk to uh, John Walton because what he he schooled us on how to say a name last week on uh, Caps this morning. Sudalev instead of Sudzalev. I like Sudalev. Yeah, Sudalev. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks a lot. Uh, uh, what the puck now, uh, alum John Walton schooling us, making us look bad. <laughs> <laughs> One time guest. Um, he, I don't know. I like Sudalev, but obviously, if that's not how you pronounce his name, we probably should pronounce it the way it's supposed to be. But <laughs> anyways, right. uh, Beck over here with a nice goal. But I, I think the one, well, I think the thing is the team is gelling a bit right now. Yeah, and having guys like Mantha come back and and Pacioretty come back at some point in December, probably early to mid, early midish. You know, does that disrupt the lineup? And I have to think, no because they're farther into the season now. And so they have an opportunity to really get to know this system. And I think what we're seeing is a team that's gelling really well. And I hope that patch gets to go on the California road trip, because I think that's one at the end of the month, right? Yes. I, I think that's a good opportunity for him to really be around. I'm sure he has been so far, but like be around the guys and if he's going to come back in the lineup playing fourth or third line minutes, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. These are all good things for the Caps right now. You know, the defensive injuries are a little bit more concerning. Favari is out. Doesn't look like he's going to be back in the next, at least not for the next game. And, you know, you got Edmondson coming back. You've got Van Riemsdyk coming back because the defense has been their sort of their Achilles heel over these last few games, you know, with the exception of yesterday. Or, uh, yeah, yesterday against Vegas. So the defensive thing they really need to they need to start focusing on and figure out a way to get that them playing a bit better together. Rasmus Sandin had to leave one of the games recently, didn't he? He didn't miss any time, but he couldn't. No, he finish came back. One yeah, of, yeah, he couldn't finish one of the games. So like, he's at least a little bit banged up. He's not at a hundred percent either. I mean, the defense right now is a concern, and and then you add injuries on top of that becomes an even bigger problem. One of the biggest concerns I have, I think, is the power play. And uh, 
I think it's kind of weird that Spencer Carberry, that was his bread and butter before he became a head coach. Uh, he was a he was a power play coach. And to kind of see that struggle a little bit under his uh, leadership is a little surprising. Hmm. No? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think right now there's not too much to complain about. No, no, I'm not complaining at all. You know, a week from now, if some of the struggles are still there, then you're going. Well, a week from now, they've only got one game from now until a week from now. So, like, that's even more. Oh, is annoying. that true? Yeah. Oh, that yeah yeah. What what? Who came up with this bizarre schedule where it's like, all right, you played a game, go take a week off. Yeah. You know, like, well, it played Tuesday and then not again until Saturday and then not again until Wednesday, but they played Wednesday and Friday. So go ahead and have Thanksgiving off, American Thanksgiving, that is. But you're playing the day before and the day after. Now, not, the nice thing is they're both home games, but still weird. Um, the schedule has been a bit weird to start the season, no? Yes. Yeah, I think. And we're the team that has played the least amount of games in the entire league. So that's that's kind of interesting as well. Uh, I, I want to move on and talk a little bit about goaltending. Darcy Kemper, he got uh, banged up against Florida. So they brought up Hunter Shepard. They sent Hunter Shepard back down to Hershey, and then in practice today, today being Wednesday, Darcy Kemper gets hurt again off of a TJ Oshie uh, uh, puck, and um, he had to be helped off the ice, so we might be seeing Hunter Shepard come back. However, is Darcy Kemper, we had this conversation last year, but is Darcy Kemper the clear number one? Because yes. Charlie Lindgren has looked great he got his first shutout as a capital uh and hunter shepherd even though it was only two games he was in he looks like a solid goaltender at least for those two games like i'm kind of wondering if you've got charlie lingren who's looking good and hunter shepherd looking good do you kind of tell darcy kemper like you know don't rush back like take it easy <laughs> if you got to take it easy you know i know they're paying him a lot of money but you know, I, I like Hunter Shepard and, and Charlie Lindgren a lot. I think, honestly, at least Charlie Lindgren has impressed me more in the last season and a half than Darcy Kemper has. So the thing for me for Kemper is, yeah, he's had a couple injuries that are like, you know, muscular or whatever. And those are injuries attributed to him. But like today, he just happened to take a shot. Sounds like where there wasn't padding. Like, that's not his fault. That's not anybody's fault. That's just bad sure. luck. Yeah, like he's got the Anthony Mantha in him. He's just got some bad luck. But I think what they have is a very solid number two in Charlie Lingard. And if that is a situation where Lingard keeps playing really well, then, yeah, a decision might have to be made. I think it would be hard to move on from Kemper, given his contract and his age. But there might be a team out there willing to take it on. He's got three more years left on his deal at five point two five a year. So if you're a team looking for a goalie and the Caps are willing to move Kemper out, sure. He's got, it looks like a, according to Cap Friendly, he's got a modified no trade clause. So until May 31st of this year, it's a 15 no trade list. And then beginning on June 1st, it's only a 10 team no trade list. So if they wanted to move him, you know, he would essentially have to agree to it if it's to one of the teams on his no trade list. But I don't really see the Caps doing that. I think they know Kemper's their number one guy. I think, 
Lindgren is their number two. Shepard's their number three. But they do have a situation here where if Shepard keeps playing well and Lindgren keeps playing well and they decide, hey, we're going to free up some cap space by moving Kemper out and they can find someone that Kemper's willing to go to uh, or doesn't have a say in the matter, then, yeah, that's certainly a possibility. I could see a world where that happens. I just don't imagine they would do that until, if anything, in the summer. And even then, you know, it'd have to be a season of linger. Like it would have to be a situation where like, I feel like we're like Kemper's out for an extended period of time. Like we're talking most of the season, like lingering ends up getting a ton of games. And then they're like, you know what? He played really well. He got us into the playoffs. He, you know, even if he won like a playoff series, then lingering probably your number one guy. And you're looking to, to move Kemper out. And so that's always a possibility. But I just, I don't see that happening. I also always question, and I do this with any time like a, a goalie comes up or a backup's playing. Like, does the defense try like a little bit harder? Like, I know, and that's not to say like they wouldn't try hard for the number one guy. Like, obviously you're playing really hard for him too. But when you know that it's a guy who isn't as good as the number one dude or it's a young guy coming up, like as the D, I have to imagine forwards and defenders are like, you're diving in front of more pucks than you normally would. Like Lindgren played really well as I made a bunch of great saves. So the, the blocks have nothing to do with it, but I do always kind of wonder if like, like when I played sports and I played, I played soccer, but when I was playing and someone in was in goal that didn't really know what they're doing, I knew that I was like hustling a little bit extra. Like I was finding a little bit more energy towards the end of the game to try and keep anyone from taking a shot on the person. Cause I was like, they're probably not going to stop it if it's a good shot. So I don't know. That question always kind of is in the back of my mind when you have like a backup or a young guy coming in. Now, Hunter Shepard, again, it was two games. He looked great in those two games. Uh, do you see him potentially, if not with the Capitals being somewhere else, do you see him being able to play at the NHL level full time? Yes. And I, I mean, could I see it happening? Yeah, sure. Why not? He's played. Oh, he's what? Two and oh, he's played really well when he's been here in the NHL. He's not exactly the age bracket you want for a prospect, a goalie or a guy coming up. You know, you want to get someone in there early to probably just early to mid twenties that, you know, you can have playing for you for 10, you know, 15 years. And he's 28 right now. When's he turned 29? Um, oh, his, he just turned 28 uh, about a week ago. Well, happy yeah. belated birthday. Cool. Anyways. So, I don't know. I mean, some guys, they, they, their careers start later in the NHL, you know, and maybe that situation where after the season, they look at this thing and they go, I think we got something here. We can free up some cap space. We can bring in someone else, a defender or a forward that can take a spot. We can save some money by going with a Lingrid Shepard duo. But does that put us back in this, in a um, older version of what we were dealing with two seasons ago with Vanacek and Samsonov where neither one of them are playing very well. And now you're back to being like, crap, now we got to go back into the free agent market and try and find a goalie because we don't really have a young guy coming up. This is the first time I feel like in a while where, and not maybe it was last season, where there isn't a young goalie that you're like, wait till this guy comes. Because we had that <laughs> for so long where it was, it was like, Var, it was even some beforehand, but like Varlamov and then Neuverth and then Holpe and then Samsonov and there was Vanacek and like all these young guys that kept coming up. And now we're kind of go with the older dudes of Kemper and Lindgren. They're older than or younger than me, but like Kemper and Lindgren and Shepard. 
I mean, they have a guy that they've signed, Garen Bjorklund, who, you know, they have him on an entry-level contract, but he's 21. I mean, so he, he's years away from if he ends up having the opportunity to play. He's a six-round pick, too. So, like, what are the odds he, he makes in the NHL? I, slimmer, I would imagine, than, than for guys drafted higher than that. So, goaltending is an area that I think they're probably the most secure, but there's some questions there. Not ones that necessarily impact this season. Because with Backstrom on a long-term injury reserve, they got mo- they got a ton of money to play with. But it's you're looking at it, you're going, you know, let's see what happens here. Yeah, I I, I want to say it hasn't been since uh, uh, Jose Teodore that you really had to question mark what goaltender was going to be in net. Like, and I'm not just talking about like him or the backup. I'm talking about like what type of player uh, Jose was going to be that night. You know, he kind of he he had the nickname Jose three or more, you know, that that kind of has happened in the past. And then, like you said, we've had this run of goaltending. I, I don't know what it is, but the Capitals just have a knack for either drafting or getting guys. We, we brought it up when Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren came in. I had no idea who Charlie Lindgren was. I'm sure you didn't either, but he's been an exceptional backup goaltender. Darcy Kemper, I think he's been good. I don't think he's been great with the contract he has. But then you also, like you brought up, Vitek Vanacek, Sam Sanoff, both of those guys are goaltenders in the NHL right now. Hunter Shepard, he, you know, if it wasn't for him, the Calder Cup might not be, you know, in Chocolate Town at the moment. So, like, it's it's really a wonder that the Capitals have had such this this laundry list of really, really good goaltending. And while it hasn't worked out with some guys like Sammy or or VTech and, and they've moved on and gone other places, you know, Braden Holpe is one of the best to ever play the game. It, it really is wild that we haven't had to worry about goaltending. Really, what we're talking about right now is this guy's good, but could they be better? Maybe they could. This guy could be better. It, it's like you said, it's a very good problem to have. 100%. I don't even know if I would call it a problem right now with the goalies. No, no, not like, at all. Because no, you're, no. not, you're not fighting to get spots. Like It's not like Lindgren sitting there being like, I want more minutes. Right. I think he's going to get more minutes, which to an extent actually helps Kemper because he knows, not he knows, he they don't feel like they have to play him in back-to-backs. Like It's not like he's there and then some scrub. You know, like they know, okay, well, if, if, if Kemper, you know, it's a back-to-back, we're confident that Lindgren can go, you know, in one of those games. We're confident if we have four games in a week that Lingard can play one or two of them. And so instead of it being a season where you've got, you know, 60 and 20 played, 60 games by the, the number one goalie, 20, maybe 22, played by the backup or something like that, you could do a 50-30 or even more of a split. You know, I don't know if they're quite there, but it'll depend. But the nice thing is that we know that if Kemper goes down, you've got a, a, a very capable backup. And then after the season, they can reevaluate and decide what they want to do next. But again, it, it's tricky with the no movement clause because if they're like, hey, we want to move you out, the teams that will take on that contract at his age, I have to imagine, are a bit limited. If he's 26, 27, that's different. Yeah. And we should continue to talk about legendary Capitals goaltenders because one of them no, entered the Hall of Fame. No. Yes, that occurred. But I'm no, I disagree with that. The other parts of that sentence. <laughs> did you end up getting a shirt i don't remember no i did not i'm pretty sure you can still order one on fanatics for hall of famer henrik lundquist in the caps red 
Yes, my God. I mean, good for you. That is a guy that definitely deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. But uh, his Capitals career lasted about, let's check, eight seconds. Two weeks. <laughs> he was signed, and then it, he realized, what was his heart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had and they were like, you probably shouldn't play hockey anymore. You could, you know, die. And he was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I'm out. Sorry, everybody. But no, I mean, what could have been in terms of having him on the roster playing not only for the Capitals, but with a, uh, he's still young, but like Sam Sonoff there learning the ropes from him. I mean, what could be? Uh, anything else we should talk about here in Caps World? Um, Checking my notes. No, I don't think so. I mean, they're playing really well right now. It's kind of annoying that they have these long breaks because you kind of, at least I kind of worry that they're going to kind of lose some of that momentum, I mean, especially coming out after that kind of win against Vegas. Like, I don't want a game the next day, but, you know, a game on, what is that, uh, Tuesday, so Tuesday, Thursday would have been nice. Well, I mean, I'm just worried with this schedule just for my own sake because there's a lot of time where I'm going like, what am I going to watch on TV tonight? Oh, there's a Caps game on. Oh, wait, no, there isn't. So it's kind of like... It, <laughs> It's really difficult to make my own plan because I want to watch the Caps, and I'm like, oh, wait, they're not playing tonight. Yep. Nope, sorry, buddy. Yeah. Not happening. All right, well, that's it for what's going on in Caps World. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Down on the Farm. Welcome back to the show. We are going down on the farm. We are talking Hershey Bears and South Carolina Stingrays. Coach Dan, what's going on down on the farm? Well, let's start in Hershey, where the Bears went one and one, splitting their home and home against Lehigh Valley. It was weird. Both times the away team won. Really? I think it'd be the other way around in a home and home. Bears are currently first in the Atlantic Division with 18 points, two up on second place Hartford. They'll be back at it tonight in, that's being, what's today, Wednesday? In Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, before a home-and-home home against Bridgeport starting on Friday at the Giant Center. Down in South Carolina, the Stingrays went 0-1 in the past week. They're currently sixth in the South Division with eight points, eight back of first place Atlanta. Not a great start for the Stingrays of South Carolina. Now, they're back at it tonight, that being Wednesday in Jacksonville before heading to Savannah on Thursday. They then host Orlando on Sunday at the North Charleston Coliseum. That's what's going on down on the farm. Go Bears, go Stingrays. Now we're going to take another break and we'll be around the NHL and beyond. here we go we're going around the nhl and beyond there's plenty of stuff going on in the world of hockey so coach dan catch us up what's going on around the nhl and beyond well we start with some somber news as former nhl goaltender roman Chekmonik passed away at the age of 52 he was drafted in the sixth round in 
in the 2000 draft by the Flyers, and he would make his NHL debut later that season and stay with them through the 2002-2003 season where he won the William M. Jennings Trophy, which is awarded to the goalie who has given up the fewest goals against. He would go on to play one season in L.A. He finished his career in the NHL playing in 212 regular season games in a .919 save percentage. At the NHL general managers meetings, the league is discussing some potential changes Two rumored items that were discussed, but there are no immediate changes coming. As far as I know, these are changes to the three on three overtime to create more goal scoring opportunities. One thing they've been saying is that we're seeing more teams that as soon as they win the faceoff, they just keep cycling around and around and around until they have a good opportunity to score. And so we're not really seeing as much up back and forth as I think we saw early on when they switched to the three-on-three overtime rule. And so there's some conversations going on in terms of how to basically how to f- not phase out shootouts, but go to shootouts less. I'm, I'm telling you, I am telling you, they should do the different points like they do in international play, where if you get a uh, regulation, you get three points. If you get an overtime win, you get two points. And if you get to overtime and you lose, you get, I think, one or none. I think if you do that, there's more incentive to finish with three points instead of just, you know, uh, we'll just settle for one. You get three points in regulation. I think you have more games ending in regulation, less overtime, less TV overages and that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's it's I think it makes so much more sense. Three points, two points or no points. I You know, it's definitely something to look at in terms of one way to get teams to kind of push themselves a little bit more and try and end the game in regulation. But I'm curious to see what they come up with in terms of overtime changes for three out three, trying to avoid the shootout because shootouts are stupid. They also are discussing cut resistant protective equipment and how to get uh, information out to players. Apparently in the past, players have been pretty resistant to wearing that type of thing because um, they find it uncomfortable or it's really heavy. And so it slows them down. But there's new technology out, and so they're trying to be able to get more information, not only about that, but then out to players so that they are um, better protected. If you're wearing blades on your feet, you probably should want to get some sort of cut-resistant protection there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as Brandon mentioned earlier in the show, Henrik Lundqvist was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Now, he uh, was inducted with, uh, as well as Caroline Wallet. I'm hoping I said that right. Uh, who was inducted into the IIHF Hall of Fame earlier this year. Also going into the Hall of Fame were Tom Barrasso, Mike Vernon, Ken Hitchcock, Pierre Lacroix, and Pierre Turgeon. We got two Pierres going in at the same time. Crazy. Colorado's Ross Colton was fined $5,000 for cross-checking New Jersey's Timo Meyer. And Edmonton's Leon Dreisaitl was fined $5,000 for tripping the Islanders' Bo Horvat. Now, I believe it was last week we talked about the death of Adam Johnson playing over in the English Hockey League. I don't remember the name of it. Um, Eng- English Premier League? I no, don't know. That's, that's the right. soccer league. That okay. That is, but that's that's football. That's a different sport. Sorry, everybody over there. Um, the South Yorkshire police have arrested a man on suspicion of manslaughter after Johnson's death. And I'm assuming that the man arrested... Uh, 
suspicion of manslaughter is Matt Petgrave, whose skate ended up cutting Johnson's neck during that game. And I wanted to bring this up because I think it's an interesting conversation to have in terms of what aspects are I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. What aspects are part of uh, are sort of a risk in terms of your job and what things are like, look, this is dangerous and this shouldn't have happened. And there are repercussions for your actions, right? Because go back and if you, you know, I was talking with, um, you know what? We chat all the time on Twitter. So I'm going to actually look up his name. I'm totally blanking on it at the moment. Where's the Met? So I would talk with Matt who lives over in, I want to say in uh, Nottingham in England. Hey, Matt. Uh, he's a follower of the show. But he and I have been talking about this, and I find it interesting. I was talking with him about, you know, if you remember Todd Bertuzzi when he went after Steve Moore all those years ago, and how, if I remember correctly, Bertuzzi was actually, well, I don't know if he was sued by Moore, but wasn't he, like, police investigated the situation to yeah. kind of get more? And so part of it is, like, what's part of the risk of doing your job, and what of it, what of it does law enforcement need to get involved? And so I'm, just, I'm curious to see what happens here with this case and how much that impacts the world of professional sports? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't understand. I guess the, the police said that they did an investigation and they arrested him on suspicion of manslaughter, but I don't, I, I don't know the law. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't even want to speculate what that could mean. But to me, watching the video, which if you haven't seen it, don't look it up. It is absolutely horrific. It looks like, to me, like it was an honest mistake. And it, it doesn't look like there was intent to actually like maim or injure someone. But I, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. Like, I can understand if they wanted to go after this player because he took his skate off and then stabbed, you know, Adam Johnson with it. But if it was an honest, like he lost his balance and fell and fell on top of him. I mean, it's a horrible, horrible thing that happened, but I don't know how you arrest somebody because of that. I don't know. This is one thing that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Cause I feel like it's it, but given it's over in England, I feel like the story isn't carried quite as, or maybe our media isn't paying quite as close attention as to if it happened in the NHL. Right. But it's something that I think could potentially have a longer lasting effect in the world of professional sports. And I think it, this, this whole situation is something that the NHL needs to be looking at. And we've seen it in terms of like protective gear and better gear for players, because this is not the first time that a player, this is the first time someone's you know died from it. But it's not the first time someone's gotten hurt. I mean, Zednik, Clinton, Malarchuk, like these things have happened before. Yeah, if you happen to be a lawyer and understand this type of law and you would like to come on the show and discuss it with us about how something somebody could be charged with something like that, please message us over on X and let us know uh, and we'll have you on the show so you can kind of educate us and everybody else out there. But like this is very foreign to me. I don't understand anything about that. It's it's just, it is a horrible tragedy and I'm so sorry that it happened. And um, hopefully with the, uh, the measures of, of having players wear kind of protective gear will help something like this not happen again, but just a, an awful, awful story all the way around. 
Agreed. Uh, let's wrap up with the rivalry series that kicked off this past week between the U.S. and Canadian women's hockey teams. Team USA is currently up two to nothing. Ha ha ha! Suck it, Canada. <laughs> there with three to one wins over Arizona. I'm sorry, in Arizona, and then a five to two win in Los Angeles. Now the rivalry series continues on Thursday, December 14th, when the U.S. takes on Canada at Kitchener Memorial Auditorium in Kitchener, Ontario. Puck drop is set for 7 p.m. on the NHL Network. That's the news for the past week in the NHL and beyond. All right, Coach Dan. Well, is that the show for this week? I think that's it, buddy. All right, everybody. Well, if you would like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. Go over to X and follow us over there. You can follow me at Brando Cash and send me a post or repost us, or I don't, I don't, it's X, it's Elon. But Coach Dan, where can people follow you on X? His name is so stupid. <laughs> I don't understand. X. Just, I like to bring it up what? just because it gets I, you well, so like, angry. I mean, twi- I know. Twitter's like the dumb name too. But. I don't think most people even acknowledged that it's changed. Like I honestly only think in news articles because they have to. They go X formally Twitter. Uh yeah. yeah 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 for the most part I feel like that's what I've seen as well. So it's pretty funny. But uh, yeah he's 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 a bonehead. But you can find me on X ugh, at WTP Coach Dan talking all things Capitals hockey talking about the Bears Stingrays on there talking about uh, Arsenal Football Club. Big win. Now we go to the international break. Too many international breaks. So can we can we get some real hockey? Uh, some real hockey. Some more football on the weekend. I got a nice win this past weekend. Uh, they're talking about other soccer and football related things. Talking about the Bills and how they are a mess right now. Finally decided. I don't like when someone loses their job, but Ken Dorsey needed to go because this is a Bills offense that should be much better than it is with the weapons they have, and they were so boring. But that is uh, also on occasionally talking about the commanders. That is another team that is going to be having some changes come in the off season. That's finding me on X at, uh, see, I, it hurts to even say it <laughs> at WTP coach Dan. But Hey, if you've enjoyed this show, go ahead and check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash what the puck pod. It's where we post when new shows are coming out as well as all other sorts of things related to the Washington capitals, Hershey bears, stingrays, any other things, related to the NHL or things that Brandon finds funny. They will be at facebook.com slash what the puck pod. But Brandon, I was on here talking about the bills and their piss poor effort against the Broncos who tried to lose that game. And they're so bad. They won by accident, which doesn't even make sense. But uh, if someone happens to be a fan of a certain purple clad team based out of Baltimore, is there a podcast they should check out? Coming up this week on Thursday night, prime time on Amazon Prime, we've got the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cincinnati Bengals. It is a playoff game in November. Me and my buddy Josh have recorded not one, not two, but three podcasts this week leading up to the Amazon Prime time game. So make sure you go check out my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. It is available wherever you listen to this podcast. And we both are members of the Fans First Sports Network. 
Make sure, like Coach Dan said, you check us out on Facebook. I shared a Snoopy cartoon of him playing hockey against Woodstock today. So if you're nice. not following us on Facebook, you missed that. But how dare, uh, how dare you? But leave us an Apple Podcast review, rate us over on Spotify, and then let people know on all of your favorite social media platforms, there's too many to name, that you're a Washington Capitals fan, that everybody should be listening to What the Puck, and they should be listening too. So let's go over the game until we talk again. On Saturday, November 18th, the Capitals are at home in D.C. against the Columbus Blue Jackets. That game is at 7.30, and you can watch that one on the Monumental Sports Network. Uh, Columbus is hurting a little bit, so this is a good time for them to come to town. The Capitals, I think, should win this game against a Columbus team that's kind of struggling right now, get all those points that the Caps can. I think that should be the plan. And then next week, Thanksgiving week, Coach Dan and I are still trying to figure out logistically when we can do a show, if we're going to be doing some solo shows, maybe you'll get multiple shows throughout the week. I don't know. We're, we're going to still decide that. But stay subscribed to this podcast feed so whenever a new show comes out, you'll be the first to know. So that is pretty much it for the show this week. Everybody, say it loud. Say it proud. Let's go, Caps. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.